Midnight Breakfast Cafe presents the new series, Brunch of Thrones, where several pals discuss their weekly thoughts on the show, The Game of Thrones. Do you know what happens in the first 15 minutes? Um, I assume basically the Tyrells and the Dornish Serpents, they all arrived at Dragonstone to join Daenerys' Council of War, because that's basically where I came in. Cersei had rallied her lords and was trying to convince the Tarleys to join her cause. So actually, they don't show up until after that scene. So what happens is, like, it opens with Daenerys at Dragonstone, and she's, like, chewing out Varys for not being loyal to her father. Because, like, Varys supported her father, and then he supported Robert Baratheon. And then she's like, and then you supported my brother, and you knew he was an idiot, so how do I know I should trust you? And then he was like, oh, actually, lady, I support the people, and incompetence should not be rewarded by blind loyalty, but I'm loyal to the people. And then she was like, well, if I don't do my job, you have to tell me, and if you don't tell me, I'm going to kill you. That's kind of a conundrum. How would she know he's not doing his job if he doesn't tell her that she's not doing his job? Well, before what he does is, you know, he doesn't tell you you're doing a bad job. He just plots your downfall. That is true. I will say Varys has very consistently been saying that he is on the side of the people for at least three seasons now. But can we really believe him? Well, I feel like you cannot truly ever believe anybody who says he's on the side of the people because... There are so many different groups of people, with all with conflicting goals and interests. Who's, which of those people does he represent? The people. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we know from you know, current events and real life that people don't always know what's good for them. Yeah. So, oh, and then Melisandre shows up, and she's like, you know, like, I want to help you people. And then Varys was like, you know, she supported Stannis Baratheon. And then Danny was like, well, Melisandre, you came on a good day because we're forgiving people who serve the wrong king today. But only today. Right. Well, the funny oh. thing is Melisandre thinks she's serving the correct king. She thinks she's serving the prince that was promised, Azar Ahai. Yeah, and then so in this episode... Masande is like, well, actually, in High Valerian, the prince is a gender, gender neutral noun, and it could be the princess. So then now Danny also thinks that she might be the one who was promised. Mm. We have at least two candidates. And then we went to Winterfell, and then, like, Sansa is like, don't go to Dragonstone, Jon Snow, it's a trap. It's and really then, funny, because last episode, we had Jon Snow ask his sisters, like, hey, please stop undermining in front of everybody, but Sansa definitely does not care. She's like, I undermined you in the first episode, I'm going to undermine you again this episode. I also feel like they really got to have these meetings before they do the talking in front of the people. That is true. You know, at least present a united Stark front. Yeah, and I think she would have been a lot more into the idea of him going to Dragonstone if she knew from the start that she got to sit on, like, the Northern Throne or whatever they have. Yes, that's true. She considerably quieted down after that. Although I do kind of agree with her. She has a point. Why not send an emissary? 
I yeah, do... why not send her? Right. You don't do think that Daenerys would be much more open to talking with a female representative than with another man after all these men trying to control her in her brief co- political career. Yeah, and also, like, Sansa gets to see Tyrion again, and that would be really awkward. Right. Here's her first kind of husband. And then Jon Snow should have taken Littlefinger with him. I don't know. Littlefinger is somebody you just don't trust. Like, he obviously doesn't trust him to stay behind in Winterfell because, you know, he knows that Littlefinger has the hots for Sansa. Anybody with eyes can see that. But at the same time, he can't take Littlefinger with him because Littlefinger is also going to probably try and undermine him or cut some deal with Daenerys that would endanger Jon Snow. Yeah, but Daenerys has Varys. You know, Littlefinger's old nemesis. And she has Tyrion, who doesn't really like Littlefinger that much. So I think between the two of them, Littlefinger wouldn't be able to do very much. And, you know, I thought, you know, it would be such a good reunion. It would be. But I do think that this is a good opportunity for Jon to finally get out of the North. He has been stuck in the North ever since, like, the beginning of the show good for him he can yes. go if not someplace warmer someplace wetter <laughs> what would the, that do to his curly hair though it's already so curly in such a dry cold environment if he were to go somewhere hot and humid he would just get like oh he'd be a white person with an afro yes next time you will see Jon Snow in Dorne <laughs> So, I don't know, this was like a pretty feel-good episode where people were being noble and and everything, and then like we had the final scene. Yes. It was kind of a shocker to see Theon jump overboard, but if you think about it, what could he have done in the moment? Better to survive and, you know, tell people of Euron's treachery so they could be adequately warned in time. But is it really treachery? Euron? No, it's not really treachery. They always knew that he was out to get them. But it was a sneak attack, that's for sure. Theon, narratively at least, still needs to redeem himself. So he was going to live through that ordeal. Yeah. Too bad for the Sand Snakes. They never got much. No. I wonder what he's going to do with Ilaria. I think probably she is the gift that he's going to present to Cersei, maybe? Yeah, that's that's low-hanging fruit. Arya heading back to Winterfell and giving up her mission to kill Cersei. Yeah, that would have been really convenient if she, because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Arya could have done it, like, and then, like, Cersei would be dead, and then you're like, well, that plot line is, is done. Because if she's dead... Then, like, Euron is gonna... What is Euron gonna do? But you know that Arya is not gonna be the one to kill Cersei. Cersei is prophesied to be killed by the little brother. That's part of why she hates Tyrion Mm. so much. But it would have been, like, so convenient. You're like, oh, well, we would be done. Like, in two episodes, we would be done. Danny would be queen, and then we could, like, move on with our lives. I place money on this, Cersei will be killed by Jaime Lannister. He is her younger brother, he has a hand of gold, and I 
I think he is going to strangle her with his hand of gold. Maybe, but like, what is it gonna take, man? Like, what does she, what does she have to do to like make him not like her? She's gonna go crazy. She's gonna set like the entire king's landing on fire with wildfire, just like Mad King Eris threatened oh, okay. to do. Okay. I don't know. That's kind of that's a little too pat, though. I don't know, but I think he will be the one to kill her. It's just be this nice, clean narrative. They came into this world together, and they will leave together, and he will take responsibility for ending her mad reign, which is kind of sad because I really like Jamie. For a while, I really shipped him and Brienne because I felt like she brought out the best in him, and they had that really cute hot tub scene together. But I know other internet people are super into Brienne and that wildling man. Tormund. Yes. <laughs> Just because he makes those funny faces in front of her. Yeah. Well, talking about other couples, Grey Worm and Missandei had a cute scene and a very complicated way of saying I love you. Uh, I'm not very happy with that just because in the books, Missandei is 10 years old. Yeah, well, I thought, I liked how he was like, you know, you are, you are my weakness. And then... She gets offended by that, of course. Yeah, because... and then he has to explain, and then she's, they're both sad. Yes. And then they're very shy. Well, he's very shy about being undressed. But yeah. she's like, I want to see everything. Let me show you everything. I felt like they could have cut it when he gets all teary-eyed and nods. I wasn't really in a sexy times mood because it was kind of like not a great time where you're like, they might have sex, but they're gonna, he's gonna go to his death. Yeah, you kind of felt like it was being set up that he was gonna finally acknowledge his feelings and his individuality because you can't really have feelings for somebody else if you don't assert who you are first, but then it kind of just became more about the sex than anything else. Well, do you think Jorah Mormont is going to make it? I feel like he has to make it at least one more episode because he just got, like, flayed alive, pretty much. Yeah, basically. You can't kill him after making him endure such a horrible operation. Yeah, well, you can't, like, open the next episode with, like, Jorah dead on the floor and Samuel, like, talking to the new Ark Maester, whatever he is boss maester big maester um and it's like um sorry about that oops (laughs) but i really like the new maester guy like his bedside manner is awesome jim broadbent yeah he's just kind of like he's very cynical but like jovially cynical it's kind of funny it's like yeah yeah you'll probably lose your mind in six months yeah yeah So I'll give you, like, an extra day. You can do whatever you want in that extra day. Well, we all know what he's supposed to do with that extra day. Right, kill himself. Yep, fun times. Yeah. So Hmm. did you manage to see anything that Jorah wrote in his letter to Khaleesi? No, I just saw, like, Dear Khaleesi. And then, I don't know, man, poor Jorah. You know, he's gonna live, but he doesn't have a happy ending. Well, you never know. Daenerys doesn't have any other lovers with her right now, so... 
Maybe at the end of the season, she will be so touched by his loyalty to her. No. 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 Yeah. Never going to happen. No. Not going to happen. <laughs> no, I think the best for him is that he's going to die a noble death and he's going to die in her arms. He's never going to love anybody else. Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like he might do the thing where he takes his scabs and just spreads them through the army or something like that. Oh, that is so disgusting. They were, like, yeah. oozing pus. Oh. Germ warfare. That's how you win these things. Oh, God. Oh. But Hot Pie comes back. That was, like, my favorite part. Good old Hot Pie. Yes, and he makes very delicious pies. And you know what the trick is. <laughs> Browning the butter. Yes. And then she's like, oh, yeah, should have done that, but not really. Oh, and him asking her, oh, you baked a few pies? Yep. Yeah, just the People two. pies. Well, I will say it was deeply satisfying to see Jon Snow threatening Littlefinger. It was like, don't do it, but I really want you to do it. Just, yeah, just hurt him just a little bit, please. Oh, yes, that's so good. Like, they would never do this because Jon Snow is, like, a good character. But if you just, like, you know, strangled him and, like, hit him under a crypt and then people are like, have you seen Littlefinger? And then he was like, no, I haven't. But you know him. He's probably sneaking around somewhere. Do, 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 do. But Jon Snow is a good guy, so he would never do that. Littlefinger? He's such a liar, too. He's, like, telling Jon Snow, it's like, no, like, I was friends with your father. I was friends with Ned. I didn't kill him. And I was like, yes, you did. I mean, you didn't swing the sword, but you basically condemned him to die. You betrayed him. Yeah, and can you, can you ever be friends with the husband of, you know, you love somebody and they married someone else. And you're like, that's cool. We're friends now. Everything's okay. No, it's Other never okay. Other people might, but not Littlefinger. I just also think that anybody with a modicum of decency could not be friends with Littlefinger. He's just not somebody you could be friends with. Really? I, th I don't know. He would just gross you out. I feel like <laughs> Littlefinger probably has a great relationship with his tailor. No, that's because he gives money to his tailor, though. I know, but like, I, I think I think Littlefinger is like probably decent to the people who like work for him. Like, he'll th that's throw true. you over in an instant, but like, I feel like he's, like, an okay employer. <laughs> That's because he deals in secrets. And so he needs his staff to be loyal to him. Mm -hmm. So he would treat them well and he would give them a lot of money. But I think there would always be this understanding that he could throw you under the bus at any moment. Like, you know, like, Jon Snow wouldn't be a great employer because he's, like, too noble. And then he'd, like, just sacrifice your comfort and your life and your stuff for his like nobler no ambitions. i feel like john snow would give you the choice it's like you know if you i'm gonna do this dangerous thing and if you want to leave you can do it like i'm not gonna drag you into my mess if i don't have to yeah but that's still like not he wouldn't be the great employer the greatest no employer. he would not be employed that would be Littlefinger because he does he's gonna pay you as much money as you could possibly want to keep your mouth shut yeah. Um, Danny would be a terrible boss. Oh, no, she'd be the worst. Yeah. 
she you would just never know one day she would just like snap and set everybody on fire yeah so oh so who's the best boss in westeros probably the tyrells the tyrells yeah they seem like pretty decent people if a little bit ambitious but you know they never mistreated anybody they had a lot of food they were just very open-minded i think that's a great choice i i don't feel like anything bad has happened in high garden yet like you have to leave high garden yes and you would have to piss cersei off yeah but winterfell a bad place to be <laughs> king's landing bad place to be i can't live in winterfell it's too cold casterly uh, rock no the way Citadel, <laughs> mm, i guess it's okay um that, that's a lot of shit to handle at yeah. the citadel and i mean that literally like doran probably doran's probably good it sounds like they drink and have siestas all day yeah but like you might get killed in like a threesome or something like someone gets jealous and you get stabbed you might be poisoned high garden it is high garden is the best place to work <laughs> Thank you for listening to this special Brunch of Thrones episode of Midnight Breakfast Cafe. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate, review, like, and or subscribe to us on your preferred podcast app. We are also on Twitter at MBZ Podcast. Our blog is midnightbreakfastcafe.wordpress.com. Happy brunch and breakfast, everyone. <laughs>